Welcome to the Street Sessions, the new business podcast brought to you from Street's Chartered Accountants. In this session, we're going to be looking at the impact on marketing of uh, COVID-19, and we're delighted to welcome Peter Watson, uh, Managing Director of Advertising Agency Distract. Just to put a bit of context around this, um, having experienced a number of economic recessions over the years, COVID-19 comes as a different, creates a different set of challenges. For many businesses, they've seen a total loss of income and revenue as uh, consumers and customers are unable to buy or purchase their goods. For other businesses, um, they've seen a growth in their demand for their services as we are only allowed to go out and shop, exercise or other and, and work on essential work. If we may, Peter, I'd like to explore in this session um, the impact of COVID-19, the immediate impact on marketing, then explore what uh, marketeers and businesses are going to be doing during the period of COVID-19, and then look at the future of marketing in a post-COVID-19 world. And in this context, it will be good to talk about, obviously, uh, we work with you as an agency. You've been supporting and working with our business uh, for over a year now, and we've built a very good working relationship. The sort of work that we're doing and that you're doing to support us, but also in a wider context of how that work and relate to our clients and other businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I think the immediate impact has been absolutely crazy to see from an advertising standpoint. Um, I think it was maybe three or four weeks ago now where um, the initial real impact happened to the UK economy and we saw brands right across the UK almost jumping straight away to try and cut costs. And I think a lot of advisors instantly said to their clients, you know, cover your costs, cut costs, get rid of any, any uh, needless costs. Uh, and a lot of business owners and managing directors, the first place they went was marketing budgets. That was the initial uh, flinch reaction was, let's cut marketing budgets. And obviously being in the advertising space, I have lots of friends that run advertising agencies and marketing companies, et cetera. So I kind of saw the impact on marketing really from you know the, the, the coalface. I could see exactly what was happening. And there was a real difference in how unique businesses were approaching this. And um, there were some businesses that were completely pulling out of the market. You know, they, they just wanted to cut costs, uh, didn't want to be spending any money, really just, just kind of stopped the spend straight away. There was brands that um, took away a lot of needless costs. So they went away from doing things like long-term planning. They went for more short, impactful returns. Then there was the brands that went all in and actually spent more money. And I think looking at each one of those areas and understanding the mentality behind each one of those decisions puts marketing and business owners in a really, really interesting position. I want to discuss the people that went all in, first of all, because I think that really, for me, is incredible to see. I was speaking to a contact of ours that spends around about £2 million a year on Google advertising. So they're in the insurance Parison market for businesses, and they spend about £2 million a year on Google advertising. Now, when I spoke to him, he said his business model pretty much works, that he'll spend a pound on Google advertising and make a pound back but that customer will stay with them for four years. So over the four years, they get about four pound back. It's pretty much pound in, four pound back. It's almost a, a maths equation that you can just multiply. And he said the moment COVID-19 really kind of hit the UK market and people started pulling out market share, he spoke to his team and said, how can we increase market share? They played around with some numbers and they worked out that if they increase the budget, they were roughly going to be getting one pound 40 in, one pound out. So they'd make a loss on the first year. But over the four-year period, they realized with multipliers, et cetera, they're going to be making roughly one pound in, three pound out. And he said to me, Pia, the reason I've decided to do that is simple. When else in the market will I easily be able to buy market share? And I think that's one mindset. 
The other mindset is, you know, I'm running a business, um, my income's been dramatically cut, I need to save some, save some, um, some costs, cut marketing. And those two different mindsets, both correct in their own way, both exist within the market. And I think the, the understanding why business owners make those decisions, understanding the benefits of one area and the benefits of the other area really allows us to make a real kind of good business case and a good kind of marketing plan moving forward. I suppose a number of the challenges there are around sometimes business owners um, charge other people with the responsibility for the marketing activity. And some business owners and businesses aren't fully cognizant or, or a really good in-depth understanding of the role of marketing. And as a consequence, often they cut marketing when actually they should actually maintain the marketing. But as, as we've talked about in our own business scenario, it's about having that flexibility and intellectual knowledge to actually be able to switch and change your marketing as the market changes. The work we've been doing with you over the period of time, a lot of that focus is on new business acquisition. Equally, the role of marketing in a professional firm is about the retention and adding value to the existing client relationships you've had or have. So on the basis of what we've done over the last few weeks is actually move to more about client retention and affirmation and supporting client activity as opposed to pure new business acquisition. So typically, whilst we may have an, a, an activity and spend of say anywhere between 60, 40, 60 to 70 plus on new business acquisition and 30 to 40 about retention and building relationships, we've probably rebalanced that more in favor of and appropriately on activity relating to client retention. I suppose the benefit for us has been around that by doing that, we have good ambassadors and good relationships with clients who, uh, as we come out, actually go, that firm supported me. It helped me. Uh, I could recommend them to somebody else. The danger is also then by doing that is sometimes that people see the other benefit is actually the cost. Often that type of activity costs you a lot, lot less. It's actually about time and not spend because often you've got processes to do that. I think that's the being the big change for us. And I think you've talked about we didn't go carte blanche, stop or spend. Yes, we have stopped spend, but we stopped spend where we can't justify that spend because we won't get a return on our investment. And needless to say, a number of the activities have changed. Uh, we host a lot of events. So those events have been curtailed because we can't actually physically get together. But we've used new approaches um, and more so with the digital activity. Um, the budget coverage this time was actually done via a podcast rather than an event um, and probably got greater engagement. So I think I totally agree with you. I think it's for some businesses, it's about stopping activity um, for other businesses it's about re revisiting. And, and it requires quite a lot of knowledge and understanding of your, your business sector and your business marketing processes to do that. I think the, the key thing you mentioned right at the start there was about uh, understanding marketing spend and some people not understanding it. I think the, the key area, and I mean, let, let's, let's break down a managing director's core competencies. So some managing directors will be really, really financial driven. They'll understand the financial models really, really well. They'll be a finance driven mind. Some managing directors will be, will be a marketing mindset. They'll understand marketing inside and out. They'll understand exactly how that works. And each one has its own benefits. But the real benefit uh, in some cases is a managing director that understands marketing. And if a managing director understands marketing, they understand when to accelerate that, when to pull it back. So the exa example I gave you previously with the, the guy that spends two million pounds a year on Google, he is a marketing mindset. 
he is a guy that wants to go and grow market share through marketing activity. So he sees the opportunity in a marketing world. Whereas if you're a finance-driven uh, mindset, you'll see cut costs. And, and, and the mindset is different and more, and more unique. So I think that, you know, we, we've spoken kind of before this podcast about different, you know, marketing directors being kind of furloughed and taken away, et cetera. The reality is that in, that is a decision made by a finance-minded managing director rather than a marketing-minded managing director. And um, so there's, there's opportunities in all this chaos, I, I really believe. And I think there's, there's huge opportunities to grow, huge opportunities to innovate. And I think the, the business owners right now that um, aren't doing anything will lose long term. I think even if your business has been shut down forcibly by the government, you can use this time to innovate. You can use this time to create marketing collateral. You can use this time to do a rebrand or create a new website. Because if we look back at 2008, 9, 10, you know, the last recession, the brands that really accelerated their marketing, the brands that really went for it, uh, the Amazons, the Netflix of the world, are now the biggest brands in the world. And the brands that tailed off, the ones that spent no money, they're not here today. And I think what, I really believe happened is the COVID-19 uh, whole um, scenario hasn't really changed anything. I think what it actually has done is emphasize things on a bigger level. And what I mean by that without sounding too negative is I think it's exposed bad businesses. I think it's exposed bad businesses and, and emphasized their issues just to a, a, a greater degree. So a business that was struggling, maybe later with debts, one that you know, would, was going to struggle in two years time, unfortunately is going to struggle today because their income has probably ceased or dropped. Um, I think it's uh, accelerated the curve in terms of digital sphere and individuals using tools like Zoom and um, companies um, doing remote working. Um, and I think there, there's benefits in there and there's also negatives. But the brands that, um, that grasped digital two, three years ago, the ones that really kind of jumped on the coattails of this area have seen benefit. You know, you, you guys at Streets have been doing advertising now for a long period of time in the digital sphere. And now you're really understanding that, well, truthfully, thank God you did that. Because if you were looking to try and learn from it now, you would be struggling. And right now, you can't advertise at Expose. You're, if you were running ads in the London Underground, no one's seeing it anymore. You know, all these traditional means are now less valuable. You know, you look at even things like newspapers. I would love to see the sales of newspapers and where they currently are, but I assume they're down because no one's leaving the house. So all these means that people relied on for their traditional marketing spend and, and, and return are completely disheveled, which means brands are having to, if they want to maintain their marketing activity, move to digital. And the brands that understood that and did it three years ago in a much better position through data, et cetera, to make that happen. But the aspect that I completely, completely agreed with you is the mindset of what you do with your marketing activity. And we always discuss retention is the best form of, of, um, of attack. If you can hold your client bank during difficult times, you'll be able to accelerate through the back end of any recession or any difficult time. So moving activity to helpful guys like podcasts or eBooks or email support or anything that's gonna help provide value to your, your client, your customer during these times, will allow you as a brand to accelerate out of that, um, that curve, that hockey stick curve, which will naturally happen outside of a recession or a, or a difficult time. So completely agree with everything you've said there. But the thing that I think that is working really well with the streets campaign, et cetera, here is the ability to jump on trends really quick. And what I mean is this podcast right now has been obviously organized and we're doing it through Zoom. So we're all sat in each other's homes doing this. And we have the ability right now to create a piece of content around marketing through COVID-19 
and put it up if we wanted to the same day. And, and that level of innovation, that level, uh, level of digital transformation is huge during these times. It's huge. And the brands that really grasp that, that ability that was never there 10 years ago. I mean, I, I jokingly said to a, um, to a client the other day, I would never, ever, ever, before COVID-19, been able to get a 62-year-old managing director from Newcastle on a Zoom call. It was never, ever, ever going to happen. But now, I send an email saying, do you want to just jump on Zoom for a, quick, for a quick call? And they're on there within 25 minutes. Because it's normal now. It's normal now. I think what we're going to see long term is this change of, is it really worth driving half an hour, sitting face to face with someone, the first 15 minutes of a meeting is normally, you know, chit chat and, you know, you could debate wasted time. The back end of the meeting, 15 minutes is normally chit chat, you know, wrapping the meeting up, the half an hour drive back. So you've in theory have spent an hour and a half on a half an hour meeting when really you could have had that half an hour meeting quite easily through Zoom. So I think this whole COVID-19 scenario has literally just emphasized trends that were going to happen 10 years time, but they're just happening now. And the brand that prepared for that will win. I think we've talked earlier about, and I think that's one of the, the key outcomes of COVID-19. It will accelerate marketing digital trends. I think also uh, we talked earlier about the difference between the current situation and, and the many or, or the recessions I've experienced in the past is uh, today we own our audience. I don't mean financially own it, but we own and have access to our defined audience that we want to communicate with. Historically, we would have had to use you know, acquired lists or use other forms of media to reach a, a specific target audience. And now we can actually we can identify potential target audience and we can establish and build our own audience that we want to communicate with, which uh, I say uh, in previous recessions or, or economic situations, we wouldn't have been able to do so. And I think that helps us because we can actually make the content relevant to that specific audience. We can broadcast it much more quickly and narrowcast it in, in terms of having that specific information. And I think that's the big change for, for us going, and I think that allows us to, to do that on a lot lower cost basis. And I think the other one is people crave content in many ways, but equally we get bombarded with a lot of information. And I think the, the move to sound marketing and, and actually broadcast marketing is probably the biggest trend that we've seen is because it's discreet. Whilst we're recording this now, if I choose to, I was listening to it later, I can listen to it while uh, you know, doing my um, permitted exercise or whilst doing some other work or, you know, I can do it in a different way. Uh, and it's, it's much easier to process than seeing the written form as well. So I think, I don't want to go too marketing tip heavy on this, but I think one of the discussions that we had very recently was that, you know, if we go and spend money on Facebook and Google, what we're essentially doing is renting their data. And no one's really seen it in that way before. But when you go and spend money with Facebook, you're basically saying, I want these people and I want to show them these adverts. You're renting the data. And what is really important is if you are willing to rent the data, find a way that you can acquire it too. So that's why we're seeing things like podcasts pop up. That's why we're seeing things like ebook downloads coming up. This is why we're seeing all these different guides come up because it's brands trying to own data. And it's okay spending money on these platforms if you can find a way of owning data. Um, and that for me is, is really, really key. And in the last kind of two or three weeks, I've been 
following the the Facebook and Google trends on CPMs. A CPM for everyone listening at home is a cost per thousand impression. And what we're seeing in the last kind of two or three weeks is it has dramatically decreased. I mean, in some cases, we're seeing 20, 25% cheaper to, to spend money on Facebook. And the reason that is, is because these platforms work in a sense of um, an auction. So the more people that want to spend there, the cost goes up. When people pull money out of these platforms, the cost naturally comes down. So when you've got a place that's sitting at 15 to 25% cheaper to advertise, then brands need to start thinking more strategically about how they, uh, they, they, they use, utilize that benefit, which is why we're advising our clients, and obviously with Streets as well, to do more what we call top of funnel content. This is content that will get you in front of the audience. This is content that will provide value. This is content that, quote unquote, will have no immediate return, no real acquisition strategy. However, what it does do is it starts the process of that acquisition. So you're seeing things like podcast samples going out. You're seeing things like listen to our podcast right now. You're seeing download this ebook for this free guide. These are all things that really wouldn't bring in a return, but they start the process. And when you're in a market position where your advertising technically is 15 to 25% cheaper because people have pulled out the market, that is a time to try these things. This is the time to push, push forward with innovation. And as a brand ourselves, Distract, of course, we do our own marketing. We've increased our marketing budget by 90%. I believe that right now is the time to increase market spend. That's just my personal opinion. I think if you're a brand that can afford it, you should attack. If you're a brand that can't afford it, then obviously it's a different conversation to have. But if you can afford it, attack. Because people are people's hands are being shaken here. Some people are very, very nervous about the current situation. So if you can go forward and increase your spend and try some tactical advertising, you'll be in a really, really good place. So the whole scenario for me is fascinating. Fascinating. I'm really finding it interesting to see the decisions people are making, to see the sort of um, moves brands are making. And you mentioned before about Tesco's, you know, Sainsbury's, you know, maybe they don't have to do as much advertising, um, you know, because they're just busy now. And, and you've mentioned kind of prior to the podcast about a lot of CSR activity, corporate social responsibility that they're doing. And I think that's the move. If you've got, if you're busy as it is, and you're, you know, you don't, you know, you're just, people just walk into your shop and buy your toilet roll, you know, you don't have to do any aggressive marketing, but you can do some really great stuff that will make you go down, you know, in the minds and memories of those people that are, that are, that are working. We, we do a lot of work with different brands that rather than just going out there and just, you know, flogging whatever they need to sell, they're turning it into a more of a corporate social responsibility message. Example, we work with a brand called Esho. They're a, a bulk buying cleaning supplier. Um, so you go on there, it's basically like going to, I guess it's like Costco, I suppose, but you go and buy, you know, 12 fairy liquids rather than, rather than one. And because they emphasize on cleaning, um, right now, their business is absolutely rocketed. I mean, you know, their revenues have gone up by kind of eight times rather than going down. You know, they're really very, very busy. And they do a lot of work with charities where they'll supply them with cleaning products and they'll supply them with free free care. And all they've done is gone, right, we're really, really busy right now. Um, we're going to move our marketing activity away from acquisition because it's just happening anyway. And we're going to go and donate some of our products to other, to other people that need it most. And I think that sort of move, when you can do it, will go down in the memories of the people around you, which then actually emphasizes a bigger marketing impact than if you just went and aggressively carried on growing. So it's really interesting to see how brands are playing it out. The crazy thing with this whole virus is that every brand is affected differently. 
some people are being completely wiped out. I was speaking to a, a business yesterday that does the cleaning for beer lines. You know, when you go to the pub and they clear the beer lines. Well, his business is completely gone. All revenue is completely gone because he can't go into pubs to clean their lines. But he said to me, when he goes back in, that when everyone's open, he'll have to do everyone's lines because they've been sat there for X amount of weeks. To which we said, well, you've got a perfect opportunity to acquire new customers. Offer, the, offer a, the first clean for free for everyone who's been shut down. It's a CSR message. You're supporting businesses out. But then you get to go into the business and show the great service you have. So I think even businesses that have been completely wiped out in this have a great opportunity. To give you one more example, my, my friend owns um, Brown's Pie Shop up in uh, Steep Hill. And I said, you know, he's been shut down. You, know, you, can't, you can't operate. They can still operate a kitchen, I believe. So they can still do takeaways, but they can't actually run the restaurant. So I said to him, Danny, you've been talking to me for ages about trying a sushi bar, a noodle bar, whatever, you know, all these different things. Now's your opportunity. You are shut. You can't do anything. Create what's called a dark kitchen. These are kitchens where they have no front. They're just a big kitchen area and you can just make any food you want. And then you, you, you sell it through Deliveroo and Uber Eats uh, with its own brand at the face of it. So you could have Pete's Noodle Bar, you know, James's Burger, uh, burger Joint or whatever. And you've got all these different places and they're all advertised on Deliveroo. And then you can understand what the market wants. You know, does Lincolnshire, do they want a new burger place? Do they want a noodle bar? Do they want a sushi restaurant? And you've tried that before, without any investment because you haven't had to open a new restaurant, you haven't had to open a new kitchen, you haven't had to, you've just started it. And, and, and I think there's opportunities in all this chaos for people that aren't willing to put their feet up. You know, even if you have the doors closed, don't put your slippers on just yet. You know, let's act like it's a normal working day. Open your mindset, find your opportunities, push that new marketing idea. I think the people that do that will come out of this very, very strong. I really believe it. I think also what you've talked about there is actually, we've talked about the, the, the initial impact on marketing activity and, and some of the things that the people are doing. I think innovation will be rife in adversity. Uh, I think the other one is actually, we've taken a look at what can we do to improve our marketing going forward Often what happens when we're busy with a busy business, I have a list as long as my arm of things I'd love to do. So what we're looking at is investing time in developing our marketing and improving our marketing practices and process. Um, whether it is actually, as we talked about, that, that funnels approach to uh, potential business in the future and creating content. Or whether it's uh, with things like our website, we're looking at it in terms of uh, technically, it needs updating. The world of websites continues to change. You, you produce something. It's a bit like years ago, you produce a brochure. You know, it would last five years, and five years later, you look at it and trip over the four and a half thousand you still have left of the five thousand. You go, oh, we ought to update this, but you haven't got the time to do it. And what we found is actually agency relationships work on that basis as well. They love the idea that actually they can get. They've got your time. They can. You, work more closely with you and actually you're getting better value for money you know they may see a depletion in new business or, or that new business may not come on but there's a capacity there to look at new ideas i think also the point you've talked about innovation in business ideas and one thing i look at is i genuinely believe we will see a new um, a, a surge in startup businesses as we come out the other end because people will be sitting there whether it is a it is a, a development of an existing business a new business line or whether it is actually by working from home in different ways you go actually I've got a business idea I don't need to go and sit in a corporate office so I think there's there's trends there that we would look at as a business I think the other trend will actually be ironically is those people that have been self-employed perhaps seeking employment 
because mm. of the actual uh, support they've received at the moment is has been uh, either more laxed or lapsed rather or less uh, they feel that they've been left out in terms of support and actually they probably want now the security of employment but i think we'll see some changes and not least with the idea that uh, or the moves by uh, the chancellor and the government to, to try and equalize taxation to take uh, between self-employed and, and employed so i think there's going to be some trends there there'll be trends in terms of the way we do business you've talked about whether it is just the way we conduct our meetings interactions with individuals even down to our finances and our processes so i think there's going to be a lot and actually i think on that journey as we go through is you've got that initial action the short term which you then look at how do i develop what i've got invest time new ideas then coming out the other end is actually saying actually what now do i see as opportunities and how can i exploit those you know, the danger is with it will not be the same i think you know they talk about you know uh, how society will change and this is quite a big wake-up call now it probably won't be as extreme as some people have thought but equally it's unlikely to go back to the norm that was before isn't it really i, I completely agree i think one of the points you made there is really really crucial and we had a, a new business inquiry uh, come through uh, back end of last week, a brand that wants to attack their marketing uh, during this period of time. And I looked at their collateral, their marketing, their branding, and I said, look, guys, you know, if you go to market right now, because all that marketing does is emphasize what you truly are. I mean, that's the reality of it. So I said to him, if you go to market right now, unfortunately, you'll get no leads and no inquiries because you need a new brand, you need a new website, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, you know, you can spend thousands of pounds and, and get this done, but you won't get any return. So I'm advising you right now to go away during this quiet period of time, speak to your other agency or come to us and we'll do it for you. I really don't mind, but get yourself a new website, get yourself a new brand. And I said, now's the time to do it if your market's quiet, because you'll be able to have a closer relationship with the agency. You'll be able to get the content back faster. The whole relationship will work much faster. And I said, you'll probably be able to get a better deal because project work in the agency space is completely dried up in terms of new websites and branding. So you'll probably get a better deal from the agency as well. I said, just crack on, get your website done. And he said, no, Pete, I, I want to go to do, get marketing. And I said, this is where you need to understand. This is the reality is when you do marketing, it just emphasizes what you currently have. You need to make sure, like you said, and go back and check your website, check your marketing material, check all these things now, because now's the time you've got the chance to do it. How many times can you remember, you know, the last 5, 10, 15 years where you've actually had a chance to sit there and breathe and look at everything? I mean, it doesn't happen. It never happens because there's always something on your desk. And this is the time where brands can really go back and reevaluate what they currently have before attacking. So, you know, I can talk about, you know, go and do marketing, innovate, la, la, but the reality is before you do any of that stuff, just look back and understand what you currently have. Is this right? Have I got this? Is this text on my website right? Is our logo correct? Just check it all first, make sure that's all right, and then move forward. And I think you're absolutely spot on in terms of the change in employed, employer, etc. However, I think one of the biggest changes are going to be, which no one's really speaking about, but if it was me, this is what would happen. If I had been furloughed, of which, you know, millions of people, I assume, right now have been furloughed. I think the last that I read was 50% of the UK businesses are furloughing staff. If I had been furloughed at this point, I would know that I'm getting 80% of my salary at least for probably three months. I can start a business then. I, I can sit down with, with nothing on my desk and I can start thinking creatively about what I actually want to do with my life. And I, I genuinely think some incredible businesses are going to come out the back end of being people being furloughed. And you think about it. So, like I said, project work, website development, branding, these are all areas that have really been been shunned. And I spoke to some people with like 80% of their workforce has been, been furloughed. I mean, it's crazy. Thankfully, we haven't furloughed anyone yet. 
but we more work with marketing retainers rather than project work. And imagine what happens when you put all these developers, all these designers, fill it in a room with a computer. Imagine what they're going to create. You've got these developers that are, you know, they're the top developers in the country. They've been furloughed and they're sat at home with a laptop. They're going to create some incredible businesses, especially with the digital transformation we've had, especially with all this connectivity. You know, they can Zoom with another developer in, you know, Russia and, and collaborate on a project. These are all things that can happen. I think we're going to have an amazing, amazing boom of new businesses after this furlough period because it has given people the opportunity to just think. Just think. And, and I agree with the whole, you know, when you're a business owner, it's quite easy being a business owner when times are easy. You know, it's, it's not easy being a business owner when times are hard. When you've got to, and I said to Brad and other business owners, this is the time you earn your cheese. This is the time where, you know, this is where you've got to really roll your sleeves up, you know, put, put your nice new shirt on and get to work because you don't have to sweat blood and tears normally, but now you do. And I and I've really loved seeing the development of the leader in organisations that I've that I've, that I've spoken to and seen go from being this you know managing director that is you know normally hidden away doing his, his task, but now step up and go right. Let's innovate. Let's push forward. Let's do this. Let's do that. And that's what I love seeing. Like I keep saying, you know, we can sit there and we can we can we can wallow in, in self pity and I think this is really coming crushed us. If you look at it the right way, you know, I really implore anyone listening to this to try and find positivity in a, a, a negative scenario. I really believe some great brands and great transformations, keyword that transformations can come out of the back of this and, and, and most people will be in a better position than they were before it started. Thank you, Peter, uh, for joining the session. Um, I think we've had some really good dialogue and conversation as two marketeers about the marketing opportunities in, as we work through COVID-19. Uh, and the excitement and the um, potential as we see the other side. I think it's a great time to be a marketeer. You really do start to demonstrate you know, your real value and worth. Um, often it's criticised that marketeers can't demonstrate their value. But I think this is a case in point. Those that actually take on the challenge uh, will deliver and will get results. And, and I think it also highlights the benefit of having a good working relationship between client and agency. It's very much a, a partnership relationship and seamless. Um, so thank you for joining us for the session and, and sharing your wisdom uh, and thank you everybody for listening.